you know, the Sally house, but you guys, so, um, have you guys, so you've canceled all, sorry, I can't talk now. <clears throat> um, I'm just going to edit all this out. Don't worry. Or probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say too. <laughs> yeah. And then, then it never happens. <laughs> Foggy Jack Live is part of the Angry Bookworm Radio Network. Visit theangrybookworm.com for more shows like this one. Ha ha! Hi! Dr. Dreadful here. And this is the Dr. Dreadful Drink Lab. <laughs> Makes lots of gross things that taste great. Magic liquid and care for a putrid potion. No! Mm, tasty! Here! Have a squirmy worm. <laughs> now, Dr. Dreadful's grossest goodies. Monster Wart! Excellent! But Dr. Dreadful Drink Lab makes carbs of gross things again and again. Batteries not included. It's totally Foggy Jack Live is a Patreon-supported podcast. We have no new patrons this week. Please join the club, and we will mention you in the show. Plus, you'll be part of the best Halloween club known to man. So... Please subscribe today. The Foggy Jack Live Podcast supports Haunters Against Hate, because hate is the scariest thing of all. We also support The Trevor Project, saving young LGBTQ lives. Please, if you feel that you need to talk to someone and that you need help, please don't hesitate to contact The Trevor Project, 1-866-488-7386. Once again, that's one 1- 866-488-7386 or you can call the U.S. National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 that's 1-800-273-8255 please reach out to them if you need help or if you just need someone to talk to you are loved and you are cared for here at the Foggy Jack Live podcast. Thank you. Righty. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show. 
Thank and you for having us. <laughs> if I could get you guys to kind of introduce your show to everybody. Well, we are Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories. We are a paranormal podcast that covers a little bit of everything from the unknown to a little bit of true crime, if it's creepy enough or got like some satanic cults involved, something like that. A lot of haunted houses and possessions and that type of stuff. So that's us. Alrighty. What got you started on your podcast? Why'd you start your show? I really, I think it, it, it stems back to the point of I was doing stand-up comedy for about 12, 13 years, kind of wanted out of it. But if you've ever done anything uh, in, in front of an audience and get that immediate gratification, such as a crowd laughing at a joke, or if you're an actor or a musician, the crowd clapping, you realize it's not as easy to step away from that part of it. And I kept always trying to find a solution to be able to get that immediate gratification and have some artistic ability out there. And uh, I couldn't find anything, honestly, until I was listening to a paranormal podcast one day. It was Real Ghost Stories Online with Tony Bursky. And he had his wife on the show and they actually threw a little bit of of comedy and a little bit of humor and in with the ghost stories. And I thought, you know what? I think I could do that. And I had a friend of mine named Ricky that I worked with. We used to talk about the paranormal all the time. And uh, we just started talking one day and I said, you know what? I bet if people heard these stories that we're talking about right now and they could hear the way we were talking about it, they would probably listen. So that's how it really came about. Within two weeks of me saying that, I'd already had the equipment, which was all wrong, by the way. (laughs) And uh And we were in the garage, which was also a wrong place acoustically, and we were trying to do a podcast. So that's that's kind of how it all came to be. Okay. Um, and then, Tracy, how did you come on the show? Well, it's actually pure accident, I guess. Um, Jerry, we were coming back from visiting my parents, and Ricky had called and said he was sick and wasn't going to be able to do the show and Jerry's like, oh, my gosh, you're just you're going to have to fill in. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know anything about it. He's like, well, just, <laughs> just you know, chime in every now and then. That's, you know, that'll be fine. So that's basically how I started. And then Ricky um, decided that he just really didn't have the time to do it. He's got kids, you know, and works a lot and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I started doing it. And that's. You know, I guess, what was that, episode nine? Episode nine was the the episode Tracy did. And it's kind of funny, but coincidentally, uh, Ricky and I had split up parts for what we had done for the previous eight shows. And on this particular episode, I had decided that I was going to do most of it because it was a music episode. And there really wouldn't a lot for Ricky to do on it other than chime in. So it actually set itself up perfect for a situation where, where Tracy could chime in without knowing the information. Uh, but that's turned out to be the blessing in disguise because now that's, that's our formula. Ricky came back for two shows. He did episode 10 and 11, uh, and then decided that, you know, a, he didn't really have the time, but B, he also felt like Tracy was a better fit for the show. So he, he stepped down. Okay. Yeah, I think I've listened to every episode now. So, <laughs> okay. well, it's a good thing because we actually took down. I actually took down all the episodes with myself and Ricky yesterday, so oh. they they are no longer even up on the website anymore. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I've listened to all of them, all the way back to, to one. Well, I think it was you. your I think it was your Alistair Crowley episode was my first episode I listened to you guys. Um just because I wanted to learn, you know, more about the occult. And so I was like, and he's the first one that you kind of run across, even if you just, you know, Google occult. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just typed Alistair Crowley into Spotify and you guys popped up. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, really cool. That's cool. That's one of one of my favorite episodes. It's not, we didn't have the best sound back then, but we got to talk about, you know, him doing his ritual in the Boleskine house and uh, I thought that was actually one of the coolest stories we've told on the show. Yeah, it was. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool story. He's a he's very interesting to <laughs> to re- to read about or to research. Except his writings, his books are they are very <laughs> they're hard to get through. <laughs> we, we were just talking about that. Uh, I think two days ago with Kristen, our daughter, and she had brought up that. You know, for all of the talk about how evil he was and what a madman he was and, you know, uh, sacrificing children and all that kind of stuff, he actually did write a lot of stuff that made sense that you could you can kind of see why he had so many followers. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was was persuasive and his writings. It's interesting. You just have to you have to have the specific taste to read Aleister Crowley. It's kind of like Stephen King. You have to have the right taste to read them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah, I can't read Stephen King, but <laughs> my son's the same way. He's a huge Dean Koontz fan, but he has never read one Stephen King book. He just he says he can't get into it. Yeah, I think I read I read The Shining, and that was that was enough for me for Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because the book, if you've ever read The Shining, the book is uh, completely different than what the movie was. So it's, oh, yeah, it's totally it's a, different. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What kind? What podcast do you guys listen to? Oh, where do I start? <laughs> uh, I, I listen to my my biggest that I listen to right now is Scary Mysteries, and what I really love about that one is it's a YouTube. It started as a YouTube video channel that has like almost seven hundred thousand subscribers, and they basically just take the audio and made it into a podcast. And I found it by accident. I watched the videos all the time. And then uh, I just happened to put it in my podcast search engine and it came up and I realized then that they put them all over there. So that's one that I love. They're short. They're 10, 15 minutes. They're usually a list. You know, it's usually the top five this or top four that. And uh, so, but it covers a little bit of true crime and it covers a little bit of paranormal and just some unknown things. So I really love that one. I love um, obviously Real Gold Stories Online is when we listen to. History Goes Bump uh, is mm-hmm. one that I listen to on a regular basis. Uh, the, but there's so many of them out there. Lore, any, anything by Aaron Mankey, I probably listen to mm-hmm. for the most part. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just so many friends, Mysterious Circumstances uh, by Justin Rimmel. That's another one. But I literally listen to 25. So, I mean, I could go on for an hour <laughs> of what I listen to. I'm the same way. I got I got a lot of podcasts I listen to. So. <laughs> But when you're a podcaster, you got to know, you got to listen to a lot of them. So you can kind of just take all the good stuff that they do and kind of just put it into your own podcast. And Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how you, that's how you learn. Oh, and, and one of them I really want to bring up that I really love is my funeral home stories. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I absolutely that love time? that show. No, I haven't, but I'm oh. writing it down. Right. Oh, gosh. 
Yeah, he actually worked at a funeral home starting from the time he was like 12, 13 years old. It was a family business, and he just goes back and recants all of the stories he did. But he adds some humor to it and and, and stuff like that. It's it's a really intriguing show. <laughs> I'll have to listen to it. So. Yeah, you, you have to. It's really something. So what what would you what would you say that your guys is like podcast dream like where would you want to take your podcast? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I guess the <laughs> ultimate would probably be if somebody wanted to make a television show about it, like uh, like Lore with uh, with Amazon. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of podcasts that's made it to TV, so I think that would kind of be the ultimate. But the reality of it is that's probably not going to happen. So <laughs> the, the ultimate goal would be, and this might seem a little uh, off the cuff, but you know, as well as you, we do a lot of work with suicide prevention. And if it just, if we, if we ever got some kind of national recognition for the work that we do just in that area, uh, I would be happier with that than any other recognition we could possibly ever get. Amen. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, I just wrote a note down for that, that your guys is, um, just your, this, the, the few minutes you guys take in each episode to, you know, to reach out to everybody, it, it's, it's inspiring. And that's, that's why I, I wanted to put it in my podcast as well was to, to, you know, reach out and to, to help anyone that, that feel that needs help, you know, cause mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in that situation as well that, you know, you just feel alone that you don't have anyone to turn to. And, you know, we want, we want to make sure everybody's happy and safe and, you know, all the viewers, we want, we want people to listen to the show. So <laughs> right. to, to, just to, just to reach out a little bit is is quite is is some is the least i can do to for my viewers right and you know that's what we're the most proud of is our group that we have and i mean they are amazing i mean as soon as somebody says they need to uh, you know tell something or want somebody to listen they are there right i mean right then and there they yeah. don't hesitate yeah. and and for us we are so proud of our group because everybody is just, you know, so loving and awesome. And, you know, and they, they are there to reach out to people. And believe me, that group helps me and Jerry a lot of days, too, because, you know, we're not always happy-go-lucky all the time. But, you know, and we have, you know, we have our moments as well. So we feel very blessed that we have that. And uh, we're just, like I said, we're very proud of that. Yeah, I know we've got a couple of, of really active members in the group that when they went through their problems, a gentleman by the name of Sam Farrell, him and his wife had a, uh, a divorce and Sam struggled. He was suicidal. And uh, he said the group actually helped him. And then now what he does is he reaches out as much as he can. And there's a, there's a couple of members that I know were really struggling and Sam took it upon himself to reach out to them. And now he has a great relationship with mm-hmm. them over that. And, you know, there's a Tanya Bruce the same way. She reaches out constantly to other people that uh, she sees that she has an inkling they might be struggling. And I know she's made friends now and and, uh, and talks to people all over the world. I know a gentleman in Australia and, and uh, one in, in Ireland and a couple here in the United States that she has regular relationships with that were all suicidal at one point that she constantly helps. And for you know each of those two, I'm sure there's 30 or 40 others that mm-hmm. I don't know about. Yeah. 
that do yeah. the same thing. So it's, it's really been a blessing how people have paid it forward. Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed that in my group. It's, there's a lot of people there to, to reach out and to help. It's, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing you guys have built. Thank you. Um, if you had one person, your dream person to be on your podcast, who would it be? Does it have to be alive or is, are we talking, <laughs> I mean, I mean, are we talking about if, if we could go back in history or are we talking about anybody actually alive today? Um, anybody, anybody in history, that might be interesting. <laughs> I would, I would, I would go easily with John Lennon. That would be cool. I would agree. That would be awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of my, my, my go-to when it comes to, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book and in the book I put the John Lennon as my uh, celebrity hero idol. Mm -hmm. And, and I say that because my dad will always be my, my true idol. So, but, but for a celebrity reason, you know, John Lennon wasn't a perfect guy by any means out there. I mean, he was a drug user. He was a drinker. He was violent at times, which is ironic coming from somebody who's saying, you know, get a piece of chance. But <laughs> the reality of it is he, he put forth, you know, when, when the Beatles broke up, this is a man that could have rolled off into the sunset, just wrote a bunch of hit songs and retired and lived a pretty damn happy life. Pretty much what Paul McCartney has done. Uh, mm -hmm. But he decided late in his career that he had a voice and he could use that voice for good. And, you know, I like the fact that that's what he dedicated his life. I like the fact that he decided to take five years off and just raise his son because he didn't feel like he did an adequate job raising his first son because he was out with the Beatles all the time and got divorced. And I, he just found ways to try to make amends. And I don't think a lot of people of that celebrity uh, and that stature could have just walked away and said, you know what, I, I'm just going to do this for me and for my family. So I respected that. And uh, I would love to hear more about it. I've heard several interviews, but I have a lot of questions that I know I could never get answered because he can't do any more interviews. <laughs> yeah. Tracy, who would you want to interview? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Oh, that's a big old question. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Dolly Parton. <laughs> I think she's cool. a, I think she's wonderful. I think she's, I just love her so much. She's the cutest thing. And <laughs> she just, you know, she's so bubbly all the time and, and she's so caring and giving. She is very caring and giving. And I mean, I would love to meet her one day. Maybe I will. Um, have you been to, have you been to Dollywood? You know, we have been <laughs> to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge like a thousand times and we have never gone there. And I don't, why haven't we ever gone there? I'm not even really I think, sure. I think because whenever we go down there, it's typically for like two days. That's true. And, and, and there's always so many other things. When, and we're not big amusement park people. I don't ride rides at all. I Tracy do. does, but she ain't going to ride them if I'm there because I'm not showing the <laughs> ride with. So it would, you know, it would be just us walking around, which I'm, I like the atmospheres of theme parks, even though I don't ride the rides. I like going. Uh, but I think just because it's like a full day thing and we usually don't want to tie up everything on one day. Shoot, I'd ask a stranger to ride with me. I don't care. No, I'd <laughs> be like, woohoo, you know, but I'm, we're definitely going to go there. Um, I don't know. I just think, I just, I can't explain it. I just feel her heart every time I see her, listen to her. I don't know. She's just, just, she's just wonderful. And I think she, you know, 
she had a poor life like everybody else did and look what she's done with herself yeah she's definitely a rags to riches story yeah definitely oh yeah yeah well jerry i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty surprised that you said john lennon and not zach baggins you know what? That, yeah. Listen to me. You don't even know. I had to sit here and bite my tongue. I was going to say it. I was going to say it. And I thought, well, he will probably. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's safe to say that Zach does not need my promotion in any way, shape, or form. And, 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 you know, like I said, I don't, well, I'll just bite my tongue. I, I know stuff. I've talked to people that in the know and I know stuff and it doesn't make me feel any better about the guy than what I'd already thought I knew just from seeing him on TV. So <laughs> just leave it at that. Oh, poor Zach. <laughs> would you ever go to his museum? If you went out to Vegas, I, would you go I to would, I would go to his museum because it looks pretty damn cool. I saw, uh, he did a special, I can't remember one of the guys from E uh, was out there for like an extended trip and there's two videos on youtube if you get a chance to check it out it's actually really cool but it's him and this guy from e and they're about 20 some minutes a piece so they're they're long but there it's just hmm. like cut in half of, of him giving him a behind the scenes and he shows where he's he's got all the ghostbusters stuff that he just bought it's like over three hundred thousand dollars for this original stuff from the movie and then he's <laughs> got a chair that he dares the guy to sit in and the guy does sit in it and then there's uh the guy starts having some back problems and stuff like that by the end of the show. But it was, that, that was pretty cool, so I'll give it that. I, I'm not going to take anything away from Zach. I don't like the guy, but you know what? It's America. He did what he needed to do, and he's oh. done really well, and yeah. he's, he's made a fortune off of it. And, <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, but I don't have to agree with him to at least give him his props. Yeah, yeah. And you've had Nick Groff on your show. I have. We had Nick on for our 200th episode, which was uh, about two, three months ago. That's pretty cool. I'd like to, I think out of the three of them, Zach would be fun to talk to, but I think Aaron might be the most fun to talk to. <laughs> he seems more bubbly than Zach would yeah. be. Well, but. well, you know, I initially, I initially would have agreed with that because Nick usually comes across as quiet and he kind of is, but you know, if you listen to the interview we did with Nick, he was laughing and joking. And, and then I talked to him for 10 minutes before and 30 minutes after the interview. And he, he was like that the whole time. I mean, he literally was was so much fun to talk to that I never I never expected him to have the personality that he has. But we, we kind of knew that we, we met him down at uh, at the uh, CryptidCon here in, in Lexington. And he was literally like that. I mean, he didn't sit behind the table like everybody else does, no, you know, so, let me just sit here and sign autographs. He was up and about, you know, you could talk to Nick at any point in time because he was just wandering around with all the other booths were. So we, we did kind of get an idea of what his personality was down there. So, but I wouldn't have expected it by the TV show. That's pretty cool. Um, let's. Hello everybody. Please stay tuned. We're just going to take a quick break for our sponsors. Don't be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Bethel. Here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry-flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. Ah! 
Hey, Foggy Jack listeners, I want to tell you guys about the Foggy Jack Live Club. Now, there might be a few misconceptions about this. First off, it is a Patreon account or a Subscribestar account, but it's so much more than just a dollar or five dollars a month. The first thing you're going to get is a video message custom to you, straight to your email, from me, thanking you for joining the club. Next, you're going to get free stuff. A pin or a sticker, you choose. And then from there, you can get discount codes, uh, behind-the-scenes access to the show, shout-outs on the show, early access to interviews, a monthly Zoom call or a party is what it's going to be, giveaways, there'll be a giveaway once we hit $51 Patreon Foggy Jack Live Club members, or $10-$5 Foggy Jack Live Club members. And there's going to be so much more. This is more value packed in a Patreon account than you can squeeze into a tube. (laughs) Come, please join the club. It's a dollar or five dollars a month is all I'm asking to come and join the Foggy Jack Live Club. Come down to the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted and join the club today. Thank you. So let's talk. We'll go to your book. So you're writing a book. Yes. <laughs> um, what is your book about? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a different uh, twist. It's mostly autobiographical. And we got approached probably two years ago about would we write a, were we interested in writing a book from a publishing company? And in my thoughts, I'm like, what would we write about? You know, were we just going to cover all the stories, some of the best stories we've done and put a collection in a book? I didn't really want to do that. We, we do that every week for the show. And yeah, I know it's a little bit different. Uh, Aaron Mankey's got his books out that are, you know, lore stories that are written a little bit different. But, you know, I, everybody's heard these stories for the most part. Unless we could do something different, I really didn't see the point. So I, I had zero interest in doing that. Mm-hmm. But talking to a couple of authors and and all that we kind of decided you know what i think i do have a story but it's not that and i and i wouldn't have guessed it but the reality of it is i've suffered a depression i went through a horrible divorce and a suicide attempt i grew up in a haunted house and now we do a paranormal podcast that helps people that are going through those same problems that i had so i thought well why don't i why don't i write a book that has three parts. It's going to cover all of the paranormal experiences I had growing up in a haunted house. And then we'll cover how I screwed up my marriage basically. And how I, uh, more or less like the Creed song created my own prison. And that spiraled me into depression, a failed suicide attempt, and eventually meeting the love of my life, which sits next to me as we speak. <laughs> And starting a podcast that combines the two. Now we've got, we talk about the paranormal stories and we also help people on a regular basis that are struggling. So I thought that would actually be a cool idea for a book that would also be motivational. 
So that's the, the book is basically how you can screw up everything in your life and then turn your life around and become a better person and learn from your experiences and help others with what you've learned. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned that you grew up in a haunted house. <laughs> yes. Could you share, could you share a few stories? Cause I bet you have, you're writing a book about it. So you have a lot. <laughs> could you share <laughs> yeah. a few? Uh, well, we moved into the house. I was 13 years old. We'd lived in the city most of our life in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, we moved out to the suburbs, out to Fairdale, Kentucky. It is a suburb of Louisville. So we were out there. That's where my mom and dad grew up. That's where they met. That's where they went to school, all that stuff. And uh, they, she wanted to get back out there. And that's what they eventually did. This was the first house we'd actually owned. We'd rented up into this point. So we were excited to be there. And during this time, uh, my grandfather was extremely sick. He was dying of cancer. And my grandfather, great-grandfather, I should say, and great-grandmother raised my mom. So as far as she was concerned, that was her parents. And uh, the first six months or so we were in the house, there really wasn't much. I guess I should say the first year we were in the house, there really wasn't anything happening to, to allude to this being possibly a haunted house. But then what ended up happening is my grandfather passed away. And uh, it seemed like after that is when stuff kicked off. So I remember the first incident we had. It was later at night, eight, nine o'clock. Uh, he had just passed away a couple of days before. Uh, his funeral had already happened. We're sitting in the living room. It's myself and my mother. We're on one end of the living room. I'm sitting in a chair drawing. She's sitting on a couch and she's on the prayer line for the 700 club. I don't know if you remember 700 club, they're still around, but you could call yeah. a prayer line and they would pray with you. And she was doing that. Uh, she really took my grand, great grandfather's death super hard. And she was really in a state of depression, even though I didn't realize it then I was too young to know what depression was. And on the opposite side of the living room, it was a longer, you know, longer than it was wide. And there was a big console television and there was a pin cushion sitting there uh, on top of it. And then this pin cushion uh, was in the shape of like a little dollhouse chair, we'll say. And it had some uh, bottle of Elmer's glue on it and it had some of the house numbers. So it had three metal house numbers uh, where we had been doing some painting outside laying there. So she's on the phone with the prayer company or the prayer service, I should say. I'm sitting there drawing and all of a sudden this little uh, pin cushion slash chair popped up literally almost two feet in the air and landed right in the middle of the floor. It didn't fall off and land there. It came up and went out about three feet into the middle of the floor. And we both just looked at each other like, did you see that? And we both didn't have to say anything. We knew that we both saw it. And she says, you know, to the prayer line, you know, I, I have to go. And then we were shocked. Uh, at, at what, what had happened. So later that night I go to bed, it's probably 11 ish and uh, I'm in bed. I'm asleep. She comes in and wakes me up. Now my mom's not easily scared by, by the way, she had a little bit of ability herself. So things like this did not scare her, but she comes and wakes me up, asks me if I can come sit in the living room with her because she is having, um, uh, some hearing some sounds up in the attic area. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go in there, sit in with her. And I heard absolutely nothing, nothing. Now we've got an attic that 
it didn't it doesn't have the places to be able to walk there's no plywood or flooring up there it's just the joists that go across so you can kind of step on them to go through but there's there's no room to walk up there for real so for to hear any noises up there would have been strange to begin with so we call it a night the next night she wakes me up again i go back in the living room expecting the same results and the reality of it is after just a couple of seconds, I start hearing stuff scoot around up there. It sounds like, uh, like say you had a heavy piece of furniture, like a dresser or something, and it was on a wooden floor and you push it, it makes that scooch, you know, kind of chalkboard, you know, fingernails on a chalkboard yeah. sound. That's what we were hearing. But we knew there was nothing up there that could have been making that noise. Um, but that was really the first two things that happened in that house. And then for the next five years, it seemed like there was constantly something going on, uh, more poltergeist type activity, everything from hearing a baby cry to toys being out in the middle of the floor that I would pick up and put in a toy box and walk right back in and right back in the floor again. Uh, just little, <laughs> little things like that would, would happen on a regular basis. So. Huh. That's pretty, that's pretty fun. <laughs> it sure didn't seem like it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to talk about now, right? Right. It's, it's fun now, but it wasn't, it was, we eventually learned to live with it. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, I, I remember I was telling, uh, I was telling in the book that I had to, I went out and used, saved my money and I went and bought a small stereo to keep right beside my bed because I would hear whispers in the furnace ducts. I could, couldn't make out what they were saying, but I could tell it was voices and I could tell it was like two different men and a woman's voice. So there was three voices I would hear on a regular basis. And when this would start, I would just turn the stereo on. So it would drown it out. And eventually after like a year of this, I got, you know, fed up and I ticked off and I just basically just said, stop, just stop, leave me alone. <laughs> and they did. And it got to the point where I, I just, I would just do that. If it was, wasn't the time or the place, I would just tell it to stop. And if I was doing something where it didn't matter, I would just let it continue. So, but that's, hmm. that's, that's what you get used to over a period of time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> paranormal events are definitely terrifying in the moment, but, then they get fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there, was, my... there wasn't a whole lot that went on to where we felt threatened. So that made it a lot easier. Yeah. 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 I've, I've had my, my run-ins with the paranormal and they were not fun in the moment, but <laughs> there, I have a podcast about it now. So they're fun to talk about. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Tracy, do you have any paranormal stories? Well, I think I have one, but it happened many years ago. And, and like I wasn't into the paranormal, I didn't even know anything about that till I started this podcast. But we used to go stay at my grandmother's house in Sparta, Kentucky. We would spend the whole summer there and it's just like the best time ever. And she had a neighbor and uh, me and the other girl used to ride bikes and playing all the time. Well, one time I was in there in the house and... All of a sudden, a dishpan, because they, they had the sink, but she had a dishpan in there where she was washing her dishes, and it flew up and just, like, hit her in the face. And it's hmm. the weird, it, it's weird because I, com I completely forgot about it, but then once I got started, and I'm thinking, wait, wonder what that's what that was. I mean, she was literally just yeah. standing there, and it just, it's just, like, up in her face. 
I honestly didn't even think any more about it because I was just like a little kid at the time. But, uh, you know, I guess maybe that could have been paranormal. But I did have a fun thing today. Um, my mom and my parents had both passed away and I was listening to a song and it was talking about mama's sweet tea or something like that. And I just all of a sudden got this most incredible warm feeling like all over my body. I was just like I was so happy. And I looked down and there was a dime on the floor, like, in know, the weirdest place ever. So, you know, they say that, you know, sometimes spirits leave dimes and things like that. So that was a happy thing for me today. So I was thinking mom and dad were there with me. So, but, you know, as far as paranormal things, I know my mom had said years ago that uh, when my grandmother died, that her and my dad both woke up and seen her at the edge of the bed. And I was hmm. like, okay, okay, you're all crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. Cause <laughs> I was a kid. I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> drinking some, have you had some few beers tonight or something? Huh? But <laughs> no, they swore. They just, they just raised up all of a sudden, both of them almost at the same time she said, and there was my dad's mom at the end of the bed. So other than that, I really don't have anything, you know, a lot of things might've happened back in the day, but I don't recall what they are. Yeah, yeah, but it's really cool, though, to hear people's stories about things and, you know, what's happened to them. And it's just so interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 fun to think about the kind of the things that have happened in the past that, you know, you're like, well, I don't really have an explanation for how that happened. But (laughs) right. And, you know, like I said, I was young. And then after I kind of started hearing all these you know, paranormal stories and things recently in the last three or four years. I'm, I mean, I'm really thinking like, wow, I wonder if that's what that was. You know, we just don't think about it at the time. Like I said, I didn't know, but it's kind of fun, I guess, to look back and think, oh my gosh, I bet that's what that was. I just didn't. And if I had known it at the time, I'd been scared to death. So. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% convinced that every child's imaginary friend is a ghost. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that is true. That would, yeah, that would explain a few things. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got a couple of uh, nieces and stuff that when they were, you know, three years old, they, you know, their mom would catch them in their room talking to somebody. And so they're, they're like, who are you talking to? And one was not, well, it's been like five or six years ago. Now my mom passed away, but she's like, I was talking to my mom, Angel. And I'm like, oh. So she, and she does it all the time. So that's fun. Yeah. 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 Um, what, what is, what's your favorite like paranormal story like that you've covered on a podcast or that, you know, you've heard. I say this a thousand times. It seems like because that story gets, that gets asked a lot, but my Uh favorite story is always going to be the bell witch. Okay. I just think it's got every facet from, you know, tons of people that witnessed it to uh, a spirit actually murdering somebody to the chants out at the funeral to, I I don't know, just everything about that story is just so cool. And there's so many people that's documented it that it just seems like it has to be true. At least the majority has to be true. Yeah. Um, You guys have been to the Sally house. Correct. How, and you said you didn't, you didn't experience much there, correct? 
no, well, not really. Not not like I was would have hoped to have experienced as crazy as that is. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm making my way out to uh, St. Louis in March, and I'm gonna drive through Atchison so I can see the Sally House and all that stuff there. <laughs> because I mean, the Sally House is kind of the something that every paranormal podcast is, has talked about is you know the Sally House, but. You guys, so, um, have you guys, so you've canceled all, sorry, I can't talk now. <clears throat> um, I'm just going to edit all this out. Don't worry. Or probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say too. <laughs> yeah. And then, then it never happens. <laughs> so you guys have canceled your live shows for the rest of the year, correct? We still have not canceled the last one, which is the Bobby Mackey's inside Bobby Mackey's, which is October 25th. Uh, we're kind of holding out a little bit, at least for another two, three weeks and see what happens. If something breaks on this COVID deal, uh, that's a smaller event. Anyway, it's a 50 person event. It is inside that they are closed down during that time. So to just be us, uh, it, it might be something we can make pull off and that place seats 500 people. So we could socially distance in that, in that one really easy um, mm -hmm. and do the mask. So we're, we're kind of holding out. That's the one where that we've still got tickets for sale on and we'll see what happens. And, and if it looks like we're going to be able to do it, we'll have a massive push, but right now, everything else, uh, the Mothman festival was canceled uh, next month. That's where we were supposed to be. Uh, but they canceled the the festival, so that kind of killed that one. And we were supposed to be in Charleston and Savannah the first part, back-to-back -back nights in October. And we canceled that just because we didn't know what was going to happen. And and that would have been a different situation completely than what Bobby Mackey's is. So, And then Gettysburg would have been two weekends ago, and we had to cancel that one. So it's been a horrible year for everybody, and <laughs> we had a lot of places that we – we're so excited to get to for the first time this year. And uh, they've all been stomped on stupid Rona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have any big plans for next year for your shows? I don't know. Uh, I really don't know because this has really put a damper on, on things. So I, I set these shows up typically in October and now yeah. I'm afraid to even try to set them up. Uh, I would, I know the initial plans were to, we canceled Chicago. We'd like to get back to Chicago. Uh, we would definitely, we definitely want to get back to Savannah because that's awesome. I think we're got, we got some friends. Uh, Leslie fear is in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. I think we could probably swing a show up there and have some fun. I and mean, we haven't been to Dallas. So there's a lot of things that we would like to do, but who knows if I can't set them up in October to get ticket sales going that early, uh, it's going to be hard to pull some of these off. Yeah. You ever have any plans to come to Utah? <laughs> I would absolutely love to come to Utah. It, it's surprising how many podcast friends we have in Utah. Uh, I mean, we've oh, got really? Shelby Lenora is up there. We've got the girls from, from uh, uh, Color Me Dead up there. We've got you up there. And then there's there's uh, Amber, who used to be with Color Me Dead. They had her. I mean, there's all the all of you guys. Are, we probably have more podcast friends in Utah than any other state. 
<laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, come on over to Utah. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll take you to some haunted places over here. Well, Angel, <laughs> Angel May from Color Me Dead, she lives a hop, skip, and a jump away from Skinwalker Ranch, so that okay. would definitely be fun. Yeah, um, I live, I live down here in in Provo. Oh, okay. And there's, okay. yeah, there's a there's a few places out here, but then. I mean, once you get up to like Salt Lake, there's the Ted Bundy house. There's nice. Asylum 49. I was going to say Asylum 49 is, is up that way. I would love to check out Asylum 49. Yeah, Tooele's pretty fun to... Tooele's very desert and flat, but it's a, it's an interesting little town. Um, and then Fear Factory is also another haunted location that's a, that's a haunted attraction now. Yeah, I got, I got um, called out for calling it Tool. Because I thought that's how it was pronounced. <laughs> no, it's Tooele. Yeah, yeah, it's the weird. <laughs> we have the weirdest names here in Utah, I tell you. <laughs> if you're not from here, you won't be able to to pronounce half of them. So <laughs> it's the same. It's the same way here. We have Versailles, but we pronounce it Versailles. So you know, what are you what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have some weird names, but. Yeah, you, there's there's some pretty pretty big haunted places if you can you can put it that way out, out up here. Um, out by Tooele, there's also a an old cemetery that was a military base out there. That they say that that's the most haunted place here in Utah. Um, just trying to think of the other places that are haunted here. There's quite a bit if you actually kind of dig into it. <laughs> well, there's a yeah, there's a uh, a park up there. That's supposed to be pretty haunted. Um, I want to say it's in Salt Lake City, but it's like just a just a, a a giant park, and it's supposed to be haunted. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, no, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> I'm thinking. I think I know which one. Yeah, there's, and then, um, gosh, yeah, there's there's from all the old pioneers. They <laughs> they like to. I like to stick around downtown. That's for sure. Um, so now, what, you, said, you said you're in Provo. That's where BYU is, correct? Yeah, that's where BYU is. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, not a fan of BYU, but that's where it is. <laughs> um, you must be a I, Ute. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> 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 what? All right. What is your favorite? We'll switch gears here. What is your favorite horror movie? If you... Oh, it's no ifs, ands, or buts for me. It's The Exorcist. The Exorcist is my all-time favorite movie, period. That is. Tracy, do you watch horror movies? No, I really don't. <laughs> She's made to watch horror yeah. movies. Yeah, he makes me watch them. I don't like them, though. <laughs> That's how that's how I am with my wife. I make her watch the '80s slasher films. She hates them, but I love them. So, <laughs> that's why I never want to go into the woods or camping or anything else ever. <laughs> yeah, I literally would watch everything. I would watch would be something horror related. I sit there. I spend all my time on Shutter and the Netflix and Amazon Prime, just looking at the newer horror movies and stuff that come. That's that's all I do. Yeah, I that's that's about all I watch is is horror movies. <laughs> horror movies or ghost adventures, that's about it. So <laughs> Zach can get a little out of hand, a little dramatic, but you watch it 
you watch it, you kind of just tune him out and then you watch the rest of the stuff. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that because it's, it's the beginning part of ghost adventures where they tell a little bit of the backstory mm-hmm. I, I like. Uh, and I like the fact that they will usually have a couple of really good interviews on. They'll have whoever owns the place, like the rolling Hills asylum. Uh, yeah. I used, uh, I used a lot of the, the, interviews that they did in that for some of the research uh, on Rolling Hills Asylum. So, you know, I didn't take anything away from anything Zach said, but. (laughs) Rolling Hills would be, is one of those places on the bucket list to go to for me, for sure. Um, You know what? I'll tell you a funny story about that. We were, we went to Florida and we had just put out the episode for Rolling Hills that Sunday night. We mm-hmm. got in in the water. Well, I got in the water. Tracy never gets in the water except for a couple of minutes. She was on the beach. So I make friends with anybody I talk to. So I'm out in the water. There's an older couple out there. And we just start talking about whatever as we're just standing in the water. And lo <laughs> and behold, we, we, we got the podcast got brought up. And they said, oh, you probably know where we live at. Uh, we live right at the bottom of the hill where Rolling Hills Asylum is. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That literally <laughs> is the episode we just put out. And I just thought that was the biggest coincidence because I mean, that's a small town. That's not like it's New York city or Syracuse. I mean, uh, and to be able to, to just happen to run into somebody a couple of days later, that's from that town and not only from the town, but lives right at the bottom of the, uh, the home itself. Plus they were, they were telling me stuff that I probably hadn't heard. You know, they were telling me that, you know, there's bodies out there buried at the street. And uh, when they were digging up the street, they were finding bodies because that's where they were taking them uh, back during the day and blah, 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 blah. And I was like that, that didn't come up in any of my research, but pretty cool. Huh. That's pretty cool. Um, if you could go to any, what is like your dream bucket list haunted location to go to? Oh, goodness. Uh, right now, if I had a short list, the Stanley <laughs> Hotel would be on it. Okay. I haven't, haven't made it out there, uh, but we want to make a about a two-week trip to California next year just to go to places we haven't been to. I'd love to go to the Whaley House and the Winchester uh, Mystery House. That's two that I definitely want to go to. So, um I'm excited about those. I, I don't have a big desire to travel uh, overseas to some of the places, but if I was going to go, the Tower of London would probably on the, be on the list. Um, so Lep Castle might yeah. be there. So that would be the two over there. Uh, Monte Cristo in uh, Australia would be, okay. that would be the three overseas that I would want to go to. But for the most part, most of them are right here in the U.S. So that's the good thing. We can travel pretty easy to them. Well, let me know if you travel through Utah. <laughs> we can show you some cool places here. Awesome. We will do that. Um, what has been your favorite podcast episode that you've put out? It's a tough, that's tough, man. We've put out 214 <laughs> or 15 episodes. And to be honest with you, it's like your kids. We love most of them. Uh, uh-huh. I, I love the Aleister Crowley one. I love the, the, music ones we do uh i really like the zach and addy episode we did i think that had everything uh i love the episode that we did with andrea perrin on it when we did our one year anniversary so i mean i you know the the west memphis three is another one that i really love doing uh 
the Chicago Ripper crew was a good one. So, I mean, I literally could just sit here and name 30 of them. And <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the Bell Witch, obviously, I mentioned that as one of our favorite stories. So I was excited about doing that one. So um, I don't know. I, I thought that one of the cooler things that we did was we've only done one two-parter uh, ever. And that was episode, I think, 16 and 17, where we did the Amityville Horror. And we actually did one whole episode on what happened with Ronald DeFeo and his family. And then the next episode was the story that everybody else already knows of with the Lutzes. So that thought that was cool that we did, was able to do two complete episodes on that one. Yeah, that's, that was pretty cool. Good episode. And we had <laughs> Tony Bruce on that one too. So we had uh, the person who convinced us or inspired us, I should say, to do a podcast that was actually on that episode. So when you add all of it together, it's really cool. Okay. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, I'm out of questions. So, <laughs> um, thank you guys for coming on. It's you guys have been quite the inspiration to me to start a podcast and to do kind of the the outreach that I that I can. It's it's from your guys' show that is that has inspired me to do that. Well, we appreciate so, that. We're, yeah, we're thank glad you so that we much. We're able to contribute in some way. Yeah. So, um, could you tell tell everybody one last time where where they can find your podcast if they're crazy crazy enough not to be listening to it right now? No. <laughs> Hillbilly horror stories. Just Google it. We're anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. We're on we're on those mediums. So, uh, Stitcher and everything else. What do you What do you got? iTunes, Apple. Mm-hmm, not hard. Oh, they, well, they changed. You know, they changed. Now you don't even you're not supposed to say iTunes. It's supposed to be Apple Podcasts, but oh. everybody says it's iTunes. But you know, you you name it, uh, Spotify, Apple, we're all we're on all of them. So find us there, and uh, you can look us up to see if we've got live events in your area when COVID is not killing everything. And uh, mm-hmm. that is at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. Awesome. Well, thank you much for coming on. Well, thank we you for having it. us. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media sites at FoggyJack13. It's the same on all of them, but especially Instagram. That's where we are most active. Please leave a five-star iTunes review if you like the show. It'll help the show out tremendously. Also, please join the Foggy Jack Live Club for $1 or $5. The first giveaway is going to be a t-shirt, just to let everybody know. And I am excited to meet everybody again down at the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted. Goodbye and blessed be. The phone zombies are very, very dead. But they're not in their graves. And they're not walking the night. They're in the phone lines and they've got your number! One bears, dial 1-900-490-DEAD. Randomly selected callers get to talk to me live in the flesh. When you reach me, you'll wish you never called. Only $2 a call.